0: Welcome to the Staying Ageless podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Associate, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we will be chatting about one of my favorite topics, sleep. (laughs) And I'm going to throw it all the way back to my conversation with Dr. James Moss, an international sleep expert and author who knows the ins and outs of how to get a good night's rest and why. To get this lumber party started, I'm going to give you guys a few simple tips to help you understand the importance of sleep and later you'll hear my conversation with Dr. James Moss who actually fun fact was my professor at Cornell university. This class, my freshman year was the reason why I learned so much about sleep and became super intense about my sleep routine, even while I was in college. So shout out to Dr. James (laughs) boss. I am so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe, And please rate the show. Go on and give us some stars on Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. All right, y'all. I am excited today to chat about one of my favorite things to do, sleep. (laughs) When you think about healthy living, you may tend to focus on your diet or exercise and completely forget the restorative power of sleep to improve your health. I always drive home to my clients in sessions that sleep is the foundation of healthy living and a sustainable, healthy lifestyle cannot be created without it. If you don't sleep, you're not going to want to exercise. You're going to have the energy to exercise. If you don't sleep, it's going to affect your food cravings. Yet no one values it. I'm sure y'all have heard the saying and maybe even said, they sleep, we grind. The problem with this mentality is not the emphasis on productivity and wanting to excel and succeed through hard work. The biggest issue is that we often believe that we have to sacrifice our sleep in order to do so, and thus we do not make it a priority. Ariana Huffington, the founder of the Huffington Post, famously had to get stitches on her forehead after overworking with no sleep and now preaches the gospel sleep like it's her day job. What I want for you guys, hopefully, through this episode, is that you're not going to wait until it catches up with you. Before we get into the many reasons why you should sleep, let's talk about the effects of our diet on sleep. A study conducted at the University of Pennsylvania's Perelman School of Medicine, findings published in 2013, showed that researchers identified different associations between sleep time and the types of nutrients the participants ate. The study found that Very short sleepers consumed less tap water, less total carbohydrates, and a compound found in red and orange foods compared with others. Long sleepers consumed less of a compound found in tea and chocolate, in addition to choline, which is found in eggs and some meat, and long sleepers also consumed more alcohol. In Russell Foster's TED Talk entitled, Why Do We Sleep?, he sums up why alcohol shouldn't be relied upon long-term to fall asleep. Alcohol doesn't provide a biological mimic for sleep. It sedates you. So it actually harms some of the neurological processes going on during memory consolidation and memory recall. The American Academy of Sleep Medicine conducted a study in 2016 and found that eating less fiber, more saturated fat, and more sugar is associated with lighter, less restorative, and more disrupted sleep. So typically, a good whole food, plant based diet is full of fiber low in saturated fats, and low in refined sugar, which will make for good sleep. And of course, I'm talking about, even if you're doing um, animal protein, I'm talking about a very high plant-based size. So you're eating enough actual fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, et cetera. A study conducted on animals also confirmed this outcome when studying two groups of mice, one fed regular chow and the other fed chow that was higher in fat. The mice who consumed a higher-fat diet did experience sleep disturbances and less time in REM sleep, which is the most restorative phase of the sleep cycle. It's really not common for people who have improved their diets to report that they feel energized during the day and they actually sleep better at night. According to a study conducted also at the Perelman School of Medicine, the very short and long sleepers consumed a less varietal diet than those who were considered normal sleepers. Although there is more research needed to ascertain how changing one's diet can change sleep patterns, the research study entitled Insufficient Sleep Undermines Dietary Efforts to Reduce Adiposity makes it clear that not getting enough sleep can decrease the proportion of weight loss as fat by at least 55% and can promote unhealthy dietary cravings. Other research studies have shown that lack of sleep can negatively affect your eating behaviors. Uh, Short sleep, poor sleep quality, and later bedtimes are associated with increased food intake, poor diet quality, and excess body weight. Some researchers also believe that the fact that lack of sleep increases snacking may be due to several factors, including opportunities for eating due to later sleep time, psychological distress, um, more energy needed to sustain wakefulness at the late hours, and the market changes that happen to our appetite hormones. So why in the world do you need sleep? Well, one night of sleep deprivation makes you as insulin resistant as a type 2 diabetic. In fact, long-term sleep deprivation has been linked to diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. Every time we are sleep deprived, it influences the hormones that dictate our cravings. Our brain wants glucose, ASAP, we begin to crave high sugar and high carb foods, and then the cycle continues. It decreases our immune functioning if we don't have enough sleep. A study showed that people who get less than seven hours of sleep are more than three times more likely to develop a cold. And since we know Auntie Rona is still out here taking lives, (laughs) sleep should be on your priority to actually keep your immunity functioning and and keep you protected. Being sleep-deprived strongly impairs human brain functioning and judgment. I personally became obsessed with sleep when I found that most of my weight loss clients who hit a plateau were undersleeping. I already talked about this, but I'm going to drive home a few more points. A study at Columbia university showed that getting less than four hours of sleep makes us 73% likely to be overweight. Five hours of sleep makes us 53% more likely to be overweight. And six hours makes us 23% more likely to be overweight. So for weight loss, it is super key. Sleep enhances our memory, our productivity is essential for weight loss and healing of any sort of chronic conditions. All right, let's talk about productivity really quick. This is something I talk about with my entrepreneur clients, but I just want to drive home some serious points so you guys know how important sleep is. The cost per employee is on average $2,280 per year in lost work productivity just from lack of sleep. A study conducted at the Holt International Business School found that being sleepy has the same effect on the body as being drunk. It affects speech, levels of aggression, memory, decision making, and problem solving. 17 hours awake is equivalent to two glasses of wine, and 24 hours awake is equivalent to four glasses. Several studies have found significant associations between sleep disturbances and lower work performances, more errors at work, more work disabilities or accidents at work, and it's very common for managers and colleagues to look at a lack of focus or motivation, irritability, and bad decision-making as being caused by poor training or organizational politics in the work environment. The answer actually could be very much simpler. That person might just need to sleep. Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos talked about this habit. He has a habit of getting eight hours of sleep, and he said it was a responsibility to Amazon shareholders. He said, making a small number of key decisions well is more important than making a large number of decisions. If you shortchange your sleep, you might get a couple of extra productive hours, but that productivity might be an illusion. When you're talking about decisions and interactions, quality is usually better or more important than quantity. Last but not least, I want to talk about rest and performance. Why? Because it really tells us a lot about what happens to the body when we sleep. So a new study from the Academy of Sleep Medicine found that the circadian rhythms of NFL players directly correlate to their performance in points, wins, and number of injuries. The study's principal investigator found that this was the case independent of talent, geography, and home field advantage. Our circadian rhythm is basically like our internal clock. So it designates when we feel most tired, when we feel energized, and when we get a good night's sleep, it allows these swings from high to low to be less intense. While sleeping less can cause the cycle to consist of way more intense shifts in energy. So you could feel really highs and lows throughout your day. Some of the best examples of sleep's new status as the ultimate performance enhancer is how it's been embraced by the world of elite sports. Andre Iguodala, he was named MVP of the 2015 NBA Finals. He saw that when his sleep improved, his playing time increased by 12%. Three-point percentage doubled. Points per minute increased 29 percent free throws increased by 8.9 percent and his turnovers decreased by 37 percent. Tom Brady is famous for his near religious devotion to his sleep routine as he is for studying game plans. For him this often means going to bed at 8 30 p.m. The result was winning six Super Bowls the most Super Bowl victories by a quarterback of all time. Michael Phelps the winner of the most Olympic medals of all time not only considers sleep a vital part of his training regimen He tracks it as carefully as his swimming times. The year before the Rio Olympics, he averaged seven hours and 36 minutes each night and collected six more medals. So sleep is super important, y'all. Some things that you can do, schedule and rest into your calendar, set timers if you need to. Try to be very consistent because consistency is key with sleep in order to really get the full benefits. You can use a sleep tracker to optimize your sleep. Everything from Fitbit to the aura rings. There's so many cool devices now to track your sleep um, and really see if you're you're making that optimal. Make sure your mattress is on point. I talk to my clients about this because sometimes people forget that if we're sleeping on a horrible mattress, we're not going to be able to go to sleep. Um, make sure you practice sleep hygiene. So keep your room cool. Wear loose fitting clothes. Don't wear tight fitting clothes. Things like that. Make sure that your um, bed sheets and pillowcases and all that stuff are very breathable. All that stuff can really help create a sleep ritual and turn off all your devices and Wi-Fi at least one to two hours before bed. This is a big thing. The blue light from our devices actually can interfere with our deep sleep and, um, interfere with us being able to fall asleep faster. So highly recommend keeping your devices out of the bedroom if possible, if not far away from you and to minimize the time you're spending on them before it's time to go to sleep. You can do things like sleep with a grounding mat to reduce inflammation while you sleep and also help for deeper sleep. I talked a little bit about grounding in the last podcast episode. So go back and check out the interview with Mimi Kirk if you want to hear a little bit about that. And then also take power naps during the day if necessary. There are really innovative companies that are doing you know great things in the wellness space for their employees. Have things like nap rooms. Don't be afraid to take a nap, child, if you need one. All right, y'all. I, I hope this has given you a lot of information about sleep. We are going to now talk to our amazing guest. Okay, y'all. Today is the final day that the fall installment of my program, Staying Ageless 30 Plus, is open for enrollment. I created this course two years ago out of my own passion for longevity because I saw that there were many women out there who really needed help. Staying Ages 30 Plus is an eight-week transformative program designed to activate dynamic women like you to establish lasting rituals that radically transform your health, beauty, and energy so you can have the bandwidth to live your best life professionally and personally in 60 days or less, honey. This course is for you if you are a woman 30 plus who wants to be fly you're 99 or close to it, needs to learn how to create life-giving healthy rituals that leave you feeling and looking better than ever, wants to fast-track and hone in on the best diet and exercise to get results for your body, needs to refocus on self-care and prioritizing your health. In this course, We will combine one-on-one and group coaching to get you real results, and this year, I'm adding DNA testing, which I'm so excited about, so that every single woman is aware of what foods may be best for her genetic makeup. The women who have taken my class have lost 25 to 30 pounds in the eight-week period, reversed hypertension, reversed prediabetes, and established healthy rituals. We keep the spots open, and we'll close enrollment literally today, y'all. We're closing enrollment today, so all you got to do if you're interested Go to my website, therawgirl.com. On the front page, you can apply for a 20-minute call. Today, we don't have any call slots left open, so we're open until midnight. If you're interested, head on over to my website, click classes, and visit the sales page where you can actually just join ASAP, or you can DM me on Instagram, email me, whatever you got to do, as long as you reach me before midnight and say I am interested, we will set up a time to chat with you. Today's guest is Dr. James B. Moss, a leading authority and international consultant on sleep and performance and CEO of Sleep for Success. He has been the Stephen H. Weiss Presidential Fellow, professor, and past chairman of psychology as well as professor in the graduate fields of education and communication at Cornell University, my alma mater. He has also served as a professor at the Wheel Cornell Medical College, Qatar, Dr. Moss received his B.A. from Williams College and his M.A. and Ph.D. from Cornell. He holds the world's record for university teaching, having taught more than 65,000 students in his 48 years on the Cornell faculty. Dr. Moss coined the term Power Nap and is regularly featured on such programs as The Today Show, The View, 2020, and Oprah. His work on sleep has appeared over 1,000 times in newspapers and magazines and he is the author of Power Sleep, highly recommend that book, <laughs> Sleep for Success, Sleep to Win, and the forthcoming Sleep Made Simple. Hi, Dr. Moss. It's so great to have you on the show. Well, I'm honored and pleased to so
1: to join you and to spread the gospel about <laughs> why it's important to spend a third of our lives sleeping.
0: Okay, so I, th- I don't think... Everyone that I know, there's this whole thing on Twitter, they sleep, we grind. It's like this thing, like everyone thinks they don't need any sleep. And why is sleep a big problem?
1: Well, sleep is a big problem because we have to learn to value it. We have to learn that sleep is a necessity. It's not a luxury. And People say, well, why? I'll sleep when I'm dead. <laughs>
2: well, right. That's
1: what Janis Joplin said as she died at 27.
2: Wow. And
1: so uh, if that's your philosophy. You better hurry up and do everything because you're not going to live that long. The consequences of sleep deprivation are extremely deleterious. Uh, number one, you're going to be drowsy during the day. Maybe have micro sleeps, little bursts of sleeps. Uh, God forbid you're not driving a car. You have an increased risk of uh, heart attacks and strokes, type 2 diabetes, obesity, cancer. Hmm. You become irritable, anxious, depressed. You gain weight. You lose your sense of humor. Your socialization skills uh, drop off. Your uh, athletic ability is uh, very, very much uh, decreased in terms of reaction time and performance. And then speaking of performance, if you have a job or you're still a student,
2: mm-hmm. you have
1: a reduced ability to process, to concentrate, to remember, to speak well, to write well, to multitask, to be critical in terms of decision making, to be creative. You take risk, you make stupid mistakes and uh, all sorts of activities in our life and some reduced health and performance. So if if you can survive all of those things, don't bother to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot.
0: (laughs) That is a lot of things. Um,
1: 71% of uh, Americans are moderately to severely sleep deprived. And uh, and
0: how do I know if I'm sleep deprived?
1: Well, uh, one, the official way, I guess, would be to go to an accredited sleep lab and have them give you what we call the multiple sleep latency test, which consists of putting you into a quiet dark cool bedroom and saying you have 20 minutes fall asleep as quickly as you can and we repeat that test every two hours throughout the day from eight in the morning till six at night and those people who never fall asleep in these 20-minute trials uh, are our most alert people in the population mm. and uh most uh people uh, let's say who have uh Serious insomnia, who have sleep apnea, who have narcolepsy, they'll be asleep within three to five minutes, uh, as well as uh, high school and college kids, uh, pre med students.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: uh, most of us fall kind of somewhere in between. But we have uh, a quick and easy test you can do at home without going to a sleep lab. And uh, that is we. We ask you, for example, I'm going to give you five questions, mm-hmm. and so our audience should uh, answer yes or no.
2: Mm-hmm. Number
1: one, does a warm room, boring meeting, heavy meal, or low dose of alcohol make make you drowsy? <laughs> number two, do you fall asleep within five minutes of getting into bed? Number three, do you need an alarm clock to wake up? Number four, do you hit the snooze bar repeatedly? And Number five, do you sleep extra hours on the weekends?
2: Hmm. answer
1: yes to any two or more of those questions and you've got a problem
2: wow you've
1: got to face up to it and almost everybody is going to flunk that test
0: Hm, yeah I, I yeah i know a lot of people that flunk that test and i think i could flunk that test even today that's interesting can you explain a little bit more about the phases of sleep like what is this whole REM sleep thing and why is that important to get REM sleep well that's an
1: excellent question I know as a Cornellian, you know all the answers, but let's share. <laughs> yes, I
0: do. <laughs> I took your class and, and I, I passed it. I know you
1: did, <laughs> your you <hurt. laughs> And look what a success you are. I take full credit for that. Um, okay. Everybody to be psychologically, physiologically, emotionally healthy has to go through five different brainwave stages every single night. Mm-hmm. Uh, It takes about 20 minutes for the well-rested person to fall asleep. Uh, And when they do, uh, shortly after they fall asleep, they're in the deepest sleep of the night, which we call delta sleep, named after the shape of the brain waves. Mm -hmm. And these brain waves are very, uh, very slow waves. It's as if we are, indeed, deeply asleep. And that's a stage that uh, primarily is responsible for cell growth and restoration. And uh, after about an hour in very deep sleep, our sleep becomes a little bit lighter, and uh, we go through some other brainwave stages, so-called stage three, stage two. And then 90 minutes after we fall asleep, everybody hits their first REM or rapid eye movement period, the period in which about 85% of our dreams take place. But something much more important than dreams happens every 90 minutes Mm -hmm. uh, in REM sleep, and that is uh, kind of an organization and reorganization of things that you learn during the day. There's actual growth at the synapse between neurons uh, that hold memories. We call these memory traces. And these are largely developed not while we're awake, but while we're in uh, sleep mainly in REM sleep. Well, whether you dream or not, uh, you will have spent about nine minutes at this point in the evening uh, in this so-called REM or rapid eye movement stage called rapid eye movement because our eyes go up and down and right and left as we're kind of scanning something uh, in the visual environment then we're going to go back into stages two and then a little bit deeper three and if we're not senior citizens uh or uh, have some other physiological problems, Mm -hmm. uh, we will go back one more time into this deep delta stage four. And then it goes again, three, two, and then back into REM. And this time, the REM period is twice as long as the last, about 18 minutes. And this 90-minute cycle occurs throughout the night. So if we're sleeping a healthy eight hours, uh, we will have spent uh, almost two of those eight hours in REM or rapid eye movement sleep, which is what we need for uh, for being smart in school and uh, smart uh, at uh, our job, whatever it is, uh, because uh, REM sleep is is what consolidates uh, our memories.
0: Oh, I see. So I see. You have to sleep
1: to remember. So I say, remember to sleep because you have to sleep to remember. <laughs>
0: Um, I learned that you are the person who came up with the term power nap. Is that true? Well, uh, (laughs) back
1: in 19, uh, oh my gosh, let's see, when was it? Uh, About 38 years ago, I uh, invented the term power nap because uh, people were doing power breakfasts and power lunches at (laughs) IBM where I was uh, being a consultant. And I said, rather than a coffee or Coke break in the middle of the afternoon, which everybody at work is permitted, uh, why not take a restorative nap? And I defined a power nap as something that would last no more than 10 or 15 minutes long enough to give you a rest so that uh, in that midday dip in alertness, it'll revive you for the rest of the day, but not so long as to cause problems in getting to sleep that night. Now, why nap instead of a coffee break or Coke break? Uh, any caffeinated beverages or, or any uh, nicotine is going to uh, disturb your sleep that night, uh, REM sleep in particular. So uh, rather than doing something that's going to have an adverse effect on our health and our, uh, and our restoration and our alertness, why not uh, do something that's meaningful? Mm-hmm. If you're going to take a nap, either 10 to 15 minutes, as I as I said, mm-hmm. or 90 minutes, go a complete REM cycle because okay. you go 60 minutes in your nap when you wake up. So so you're you're going to be uh, you're going to be groggy for 10. Or yeah, 15
0: sometimes naps. It, sometimes naps make you feel like you need to sleep more.
1: Yeah, well, most of us do. But the problem is we're, we're interrupting after 60 minutes. We'll probably have fallen into delta sleep.
2: Ah. And that
1: means we're in deep sleep. And we are going to be uh, groggy, just as you would be if you were in a deep sleep uh about uh, ninety, uh, about sixty minutes or so after you fell asleep at night, and I say, "So, so, yo, let's go party. Wake up! <laughs> I say, why, do, why did you wake me up? I'm so tired." Uh, but if I waited uh, ninety minutes, you would be much more likely uh, to be a little bit more alert.
2: Yeah.
0: How do um, graveyard shifts affect long-term health?
1: Uh, they ruin it.
2: <laughs> to be blunt,
1: I have, I have never met a shift worker.
2: <laughs> oh, Pardon me, goodness. who's not
1: a walking zombie? Wow. Uh, Even if you're on constant shift as opposed to rotating shift.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Like on the weekends, you want to be with the kids, you want to go play golf, or you have to go to the bank or something, so you become uh, day workers and night sleepers. So it's like putting yourself into a constant state of jet lag. There are things uh, that one can do to, to mollify that effect, like not have coffee late in the night shift, like putting on dark glasses before uh, you go to uh, uh, go back to home because driving in the bright morning sunlight is going to wake you up mm-hmm, at the
2: mm-hmm. very time
1: that you want to get sleepy and go to sleep when you get home. Right. And you have to make sure the phones are off, the TV's off, the neighborhood's quiet, uh, the bedroom is quiet, dark, and cool. And these are really hard things to do.
0: Yeah, um, we're going to wrap it up, but your new book is called "Sleep for Success." Yes. and I'm, I'm sure that everyone wants to be a success. Uh, <laughs> so, well, for- the, if, if you have
1: insomnia, the book is guaranteed to put you to sleep in any two pages. <laughs> 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 but seriously, there, you know, if you, if your kids are not performing in school the way they should be, uh, if you have uh, a new baby at home, if you're a senior citizen, if you do a lot of travel and you're worried about jet lag. You're worried about the bedroom environment. You're not getting a good night's sleep. The book is absolutely crammed full of ideas to uh, make you happy, healthy, wealthy, and wise.
0: Well, can you leave us with uh, just a few key tips that might help us get better sleep?
1: Yeah. Number one, determine your sleep requirement and get it every night. Mm -hmm. Uh, For most adults, it's between seven and a half and eight and a half hours. As a rule of thumb, most of us are an hour sleep-deprived. If you spend that extra hour, you'll be so much more effective, so much more efficient, so much more in a better mood that you'll get everything done in fewer hours than when you were sleep-deprived during the day. Mm -hmm. Number two, and this is really important, go to bed and get up at the same time, Monday through Monday, including the weekends. You have Mm. one biological clock, not one for the work week and one for the weekends. Number three. One long block of continuous sleep, not a little bit of sleep in the easy chair after dinner and a little bit more at night. Mm -hmm. Not a good idea. Uh, Bedroom, quiet, dark and cool. No caffeine after two in the afternoon. No alcohol within three hours of bedtime. Get plenty of exercise and keep mentally stimulated and you'll be just fine.
0: That is great. Thank you so much. You gave us so many nuggets of wisdom. I really appreciate your time.
1: Great. Thanks. Sosa.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: All right, Joel, it's time to take some questions from Instagram and email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you gotta do is send me a DM, slide up in my DMs on Instagram, or respond to the call for questions on my profile at the Raw Girl, or contact me via my website, theRawgirl.com. Today's question is from at Life with Nika on Instagram all the way from Australia. Amazing. She says, Dear Raw Girl, I'm motivated to start juicing greens, but given that certain fruits and veggies can contain Considerable amount of pesticides. Are there any products or is there any way to wash produce to reduce the pesticides? I ask because organic produce is expensive. I'm on a budget. Hi there, Nika. This is a great and common question. One of the first things you can do is get acquainted with what produce in your country and area has the highest pesticide loads. Here in the States, we have the Environmental Working Group and they publish a guide every year um, that shows us the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 which kind of helps consumers identify what produce has the highest pesticide loads. And that way you can kind of like pick and choose, like if you're on a budget, you could just be like, okay, I'm gonna get these ones organic because I know that they're gonna have a ton of pesticides and get these other ones non-organic. If you have access to farmer's markets, you can also check there to see if you can get some bargains on produce. I find that the money that I spend on the farmer's market produce goes a long way because it not only tastes better, actually lasts longer in the fridge because there's less food miles that the produce has traveled. So to address the washing of the veggies, I actually demonstrated how I wash my veggies once in my stories. Sorry, you missed that. What I use to wash veggies is either white vinegar or baking soda. According to the researchers at the University of Massachusetts, soaking apples in water mixed with baking soda for 12 to 15 minutes almost completely removed two common pesticides from the surface of the apples. Another study using cucumbers found similar results. And this method only requires a teaspoon or two of of baking soda per batch, which is really cost-effective. Baking soda is super cheap. One study done by Cooks Illustrated found that a vinegar solution, one part vinegar, three parts water, outperformed plain water, antibacterial soap, and manual scrubbing in cleaning ability. For example, vinegar removed 98% of bacteria Compared with just 85% remove with just rinsing with water and using a vegetable scrubber. So I'm constantly soaking my, my veggies in white vinegar. And you can just, you know, prep it before you're getting ready to eat, like 15-20 minutes before, and have it soak in there. If you're gonna do the baking soda method, there's a number of things that you could do with either of these. So the baking soda, you could add two teaspoons to four cups of water, soak your produce for two to fifteen minutes. I like to do around 10 minutes. The longer the veggies and fruit soak, the more pesticide residue is removed and you can scrub it afterwards with a produce brush for extra cleaning power if you want one. So you just want a really good dense brush and just give a nice little scrub. If you're just gonna do vinegar, you can do that as well. There's the studies that have been done have used different ratios. So it's usually one part vinegar to 10 parts water or one part vinegar to three parts water. I usually do one to three. Uh, How much you use is really up to you. But because straight vinegar has also been shown to remove certain pesticides, I usually that's why I usually go with 1 to 3 because I want, you know, the stronger <laughs> the stronger solution. You could also scrub with a produce brush for extra cleaning power if you have one and then rinse. And then you can also make your own veggie spray there are veggie sprays that you can buy at health food stores, but you can make your own veggie spray. And you can do this with 50% vinegar, 50% water, put it in a spray bottle, shake it up, spray onto your produce and allow it to sit for at least five minutes, then scrub it and rinse it thoroughly. I've also heard people using a food grade hydrogen peroxide solution. I don't do that, but I do know that it, it does work and it is effective for certain people. So that's another one that you could try. I hope this gives you some ideas for cost-effective ways to clean your produce. All right, y'all, it is time to close out the show. Hopefully, this show has inspired you to take a good look at your sleeping habits and consider how you can upgrade your sleep game so that you can perform at your best. Remember, sleep is the foundation of healthy living. And without adequate rest, we cannot assimilate new information, heal the body, lose weight, and more. Just by getting adequate rest, we also set ourselves up to make healthier food choices as lack of sleep affects our food cravings. Take a good look at your sleep schedule. If you don't have one, make one. If you do, make sure you make it as regular and consistent as you can. In the words of Tom Roth, sleep is an investment in the energy you need to be effective tomorrow. I hope y'all get enough energy to be effective throughout the entire week. (laughs) That's all for today, sis. If you're looking for more health tips, or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at The Raw Girl. You can also find me and contact me through my website, TheRawGirl.com. For more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit StayingAgelessShow.com.